How are y'all doing? Woo, that's what I'm talking about. Hey, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get in the Word, okay? Uh, dear Heavenly Father, um, we just come before you in the name of Jesus, God. Thanking you so much, Lord, um, for the fact that, that we can rejoice this morning, God, that death has been defeated. Father, that we can rejoice that, that when you came and you lived on this earth and you died for our sins, that you put death in its place, God. Father, right now, I just pray, Lord, that you allow us to rejoice in afflictions because I know, God, I don't know about anybody else, but I know that, that this morning, Lord, I just come into your presence just to seek your rest, Father. And it says in Romans 5 that, that we should rejoice in afflictions because afflictions produce endurance and that produces proven character and that produces hope. And Father God, we can't find that hope in man. We can't find that hope in our works. We can only find that in your presence, Father. And so that is my prayer this morning, God is that as we come into your presence, as we read your scriptures, for they are God-breathed, Father, that we can come to your scriptures, Lord, humbly, receiving the word that you're going to give through John this morning. And I just pray in the name of Jesus, he doesn't come in wise and persuasive words, but it demonstrates in the spirit and power, so that we can rest in your presence this morning, God, that we can rejoice knowing that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. And so, Father, my prayer this morning is, is that we can come before the word in awe and trembling and receive the word from your spirit. Lord, we love you. And, Father, I pray right now in this moment you allow the Holy Spirit to settle in and create an aroma of Christ and allow us to just rest and rejoice even though we might be suffering, even though we might be going through afflictions. Let us rest and rejoice in the fact that death has been put in its place. God, we love you so much. A thousand times thank you. A million times thank you for what you did on the cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you all so much. You can be seated, man. Great job. Come on. Hey, listen. Can you just not give a little shout of praise for this praise band? Come on, somebody. I give God glory. You got some great hair back there on the drums. I just want you to say that. That's some great hair. From somebody who's losing his hair, great hair, bro. Great hair. I would... I would definitely have mine like that if I could, but I can't because, well, I'm just not blessed like all of you. So here's the problem. I would sit, I told you this, on uh, Sunday nights in high school, and I would say, okay, I'm not going to get in trouble this week. Right? I would sit there. You know, I'm sitting there, and I say, I'm not going to get in trouble. Lord, I'm, I know that I'm just going to do the very best I can. I'm going to be nice to my teachers I'm going to be nice to my classmates. Lord, I'm not going to cuss this week for 30 seconds. I'm not going to talk back to people. I'm not going to try and start fights with people. I'm not going to be a jerk to people. I promise to acknowledge my twin sister every morning that I see her. I will do the very best I can. And I would sit there and have this conversation with Lord and I would go out, and the very next day, I would sit in English class, and the prof or teacher would say something that I didn't like. And I said, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. And that lasted about 10 seconds, and then I would respond. Then she would say something smart back, and because I felt the need to defend myself, I would say something smart back. And... Well, you get where the picture's going, and then I would be in the vice principal's office getting suspended 
as he calls my mom. But the good news is, the silver lining was, I could still play in the football game on Friday night. There is a God. So my point was, why is it that I would try so hard to, to do right and couldn't do right? There's got to be a reason, right? There's got to be a reason. I mean, I literally tried. I tried not to cuss. Sweet Jesus. I tried not to be mean. I tried to listen in class. I tried not to cut up. I tried not to make fun of people. But when some people are odd, it's just hard. If they would just wear normal clothes, and then I wouldn't make fun of them. Are y'all with me? If they didn't have stuff hanging out their nose, I wouldn't laugh, right? If they brushed their teeth and they didn't have yuck mouth, I would not make fun, but I couldn't. And so I tried so hard, I tried so hard, and why was it? And then it hit me years into my walk with Christ when I got saved at 18 and a couple years after that, it hit me. The reason why I couldn't do those things is I didn't have the Spirit of God. Are y'all tracking me? See, when you get you get saved, you have the Spirit of God. And the one thing that I learned, no matter how much I spent time, oh, I know I'm going there, how much time I spent with other believers, it didn't matter. Like I, you know, my twin sister, she's amazing. It's like, right, Mother Teresa and her, they're twins. And, and right, and, and I could not walk her righteousness because it didn't no matter how much I was with her or how many people surrounded me, if you don't change what's inside me, I can't change what's around me. And what's around me can't affect what's inside me until the Spirit of God does something. Are y'all with me? Yes. And so I just couldn't do it. And so Thursday night, I, I, I was not scheduled to preach at, at Elevate, which is our campus worship. And um, God had given me a word for for. Summit a couple weeks ago, about a week and a half, two weeks ago, uh, what we're going to do. And I gave it to them a little bit on Thursday night. So for those that were here Thursday night, there is going to be uh, probably half of it the same. Uh, but then there's more. And that is why you see communion here. Because today we've been intentionally holding off communion because we want to engage with the Lord so powerfully that it actually means something. That it doesn't come this perfunctory wrote exercise where we encounter the Lord. So what happens is I found that my community could not change my communion with God in my heart. My community could take me to places, but they could not change me, come on, in the places. And so I challenged some people Thursday night. I was scared. I was scared. I was 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I, I was scared out of my mind. I was scared because I said, Lord, I, I, you know, I don't want to come with wise and persuasive words, but a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that everyone in here, so that your faith would not rest on human wisdom. I'm, uh, I'm quoting the majority there of 1 Corinthians 2, that, that, that verse, a human wisdom, but on God's power. So today my prayer is that you don't rest on anything that I say, that you rest on the power of God riding in your hearts through the Holy Spirit. Because I just want to tell you today that it doesn't matter how many great people you surround yourselves with and that I surround myself with, not, I will never change until God changes me. My community will never change. And so I challenge these, these, these students because since 2004, being in campus ministries, I just 
was burdened and broken, and I saw them, and nothing has changed since 2004. It might be 2017, but listen, saints, nothing has changed. People move in groups. They move in their community of friends. They move in their community. People move in their community. And I want you to know today, there is not but one point I want to lay out today. There's not but one main idea. It's on Facebook at Summit Church, and you can follow along, whatever you want to do. But there's, there's only one main idea. You on Facebook Live? There's only one main idea. That the center of the gospel of Jesus Christ is centered on communion with God and not community with man. Man, if, you, if, if I can just wrap my mind. Listen, community with man never can trump community with God, communion with God. And what happens is we base so much on our community. We base so much, and I did that. I would base my life on the people who are around, but what I found out is the people that I were around could not change the problems within me. And so I challenged them. I said, listen, some of you might leave Summit. Some of you might leave the church you're in. But I'm going to tell you this. If you're going to a church because of a community of friends, if you don't have communion with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, leave. I don't want to come here today. I don't want you to come here today and, and, and experience. Listen, I'm going to tell you the worship team knocked it out. I mean, I was about to come out of my seat. I was dancing. I mean, I looked like Soul Train on steroids. Some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. You ever, you're on the Soul Train. I used to watch that stuff. And, man, when they would get that line going, man, we were, my house, we were rocking. Y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. But anyway. And so uh, we, my point is, is that community is great, but it can never trump communion. It can never trump communion. And so what happened was, my whole life, I tried, if you look at the cross, if you take the cross, and we talked about this, if you take this beautiful cross, so much of my walk with God, even as a, a believer, but so much of my walk before God was trying to center, oh, oh yeah, I want my kids to be around good people, I want to be around all this, but I want you to know something, that so much of my walk with Christ was built on community and not communion. I want you to know something today. I want you to see something. That community will never lift you up. Your community will never lift you up. The Bible says, I know, I get you, I got you, saints. We are to carry one another's burdens. We're to build each other up in love. I get all that, but I want you to know that community will never, the horizontal part of the cross will never lift you. It is only the vertical part of the cross built on Jesus Christ that will ever lift you up. Community can walk beside you, but only Jesus can lift you up. And we base our walk on Christ on our community. I just love my community group. I just love my small group. They're amazing. They're amazing. Listen, praise Jesus for it. I'm not denouncing. I'm not minimizing it. But I'm telling you, it is not the vertical part of the cross. Communion with God is everything. Community with man is secondary. The greatest commandment, come on somebody, is to do what? It's to love the Lord. It is the vertical part of the cross. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then the second, love your neighbor as yourself.
Because community can't get you where communion can. Will not happen. And we base our lives and everybody, I, I watch people in their Christian walk base their lives on who they're around. Listen, that is why addiction can destroy. It does not matter. We can put, we have ministered to many people struggling with addiction. We can put them in every rehab facility. We can quarantine, take away everything. But I want you to know something that once, listen, community never brings healing because once they get back out, the failure rate is over 70%. Over se community can't be communion. Because when God calls you and I to walk, we're going to walk to some tough places. God's going to call you. If you go and walk with Jesus, you're not going to walk. And but God's going to take you into the gates of hell. And the only person you're going to have in, listen, the earth is the Lord's. And everything in it. Isn't that what the psalmist says? So when God calls you, you want to walk with God? Listen, just live in sin. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. The sin, the sinful life is the easiest life. I don't want to hear anybody complain if they don't have Jesus. You wear what you want to wear, you talk about who you want to talk about, you just Cuss out who you want to cuss out. You, you, you be with who you want to be with. You excommunicate who you are. It is an easy life. And when you feel down, there's always a pick-me-up. Get lit. Get turned. See all the you know, younger people are like, oh, speaking my language. He's throwing shade on some people. I'm telling you, the sinful life is the easiest life. If you don't, if you're living a sinful life and you're miserable, come talk to me. I can help you out. I'll teach you how to have fun. But to walk with Jesus is better than the sinful life because I promise you that the sinful life can never bring what I really need because of the fruit of the Spirit. The first one is what, saints? And everybody wants it. I'm like Elf, I'm in love, I'm in love. And I don't care who knows. Right? We all want love, but it can only happen in the vertical. Once the vertical changes, my wife can't be for me who Jesus can be for me. I want you to know today that Jesus satisfies me more than her. So then I treat her as a gift and not something I own. Mm-hmm. So the ladies in here, that's right. Did you, did you hear what he said? Did you hear him? You know he's talking to you. Jesus. Spirit fingers. Mm, speak, Lord. Speak. Just speak to him. Mufasa. <laughs> Simba. Never mind. So. My point is, is that the community is driving this campus. Community drives churches when it ought to be Jesus. Because when God sends us to places in our jobs, in our calling, everybody in here is a minister, whether you like it or not. I might be called to the local church as part of my ministry, but everybody has a ministry, and we're all the priesthood of believers that just, just read the scriptures, you will see that, and God's going to put us where there's no gates. Why? The reason why there's no gates is nobody can keep Jesus out, and they can't keep him in. 
He owns it. He ripped them off at death. And your community will never get you over a broken heart. Oh, they'll be there for you to cry on, but they'll never take the pain away. Because in the end, you got to be with yourself. Community can't do it. It's only communion. And so, today, I want to take you into a place and show you why community is not your answer. If you're single and you just need that spouse, I want to tell you something. God will get your heart right before he'll make your love right. God, if you're married and it's jacked up, and if you've been married long enough, you know it is. He's speaking to you. When that was in, she'd be like, that's right, preacher, preach. Mm, trash. Um, my point is, is that if you're married, it is communion with God, not community with your spouse that will change your marriage. You can date her all you want. Yes, and what you win them with, you keep them with. Come on, somebody. You give them everything, they're going to expect it. I know it's supposed to be rated G. But this is Summit. And since I love you, and without Jesus, every one of us, I know you're going to be like, he's talking about me? Yep. We will be the one dancing on the bar. Come on. Come on. And I love you for it. Because I was right there with you. Don't lose your fire. If the same fire that we had for Satan, let's have it for Jesus. Let's have it for Jesus. God doesn't turn us down. He turns us loose. It was for freedom that Christ Talking to my, I'm talking to myself up here. And so today I want to show you the gospel of Jesus Christ is centered on communion with God, not community with man. God wants to change us today. Put your stake in the ground where you are inside the gates of hell and you say, for me in my house, and I don't care if that's only one, for me in my apartment, for me in my condo, for me in my dorm room, for me Wherever I am, for me at my job, for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. And I'll quit looking to my right and I'll quit looking to my left because the scripture says, my eyes look into the hills from whence cometh my help, my help coming from the Lord, maker in heaven and earth. Because it is only through the vertical part of the cross that the horizontal can be lifted up. And Jesus said, if I be high and lifted up, I'll draw all men. The vertical, excuse me, the horizontal comes to the vertical because the vertical came to us where we are. 1 Samuel chapter 29. You ready? Here we go. Here we go. 1 Samuel 29. I want to show you why. I want to show you why the community can never be our goal. I'm tired of hearing, well, We've, listen, people, it is a churching today is nothing but shopping. Whoever has the best for my kids, whoever has the best for my youth, whoever has the best, let me tell you something. When you find the best, call me because I guarantee you it's not perfect. When we had children's worship here, my daughter Lauren was the only one in there. And she was in a wheelchair. She, she had destroyed her leg and she had a bleak fracture and a spiral up and she had a cast up to here. She was in that for forever, it seemed like months. 
one of the highlights of my faith in Christ was she was in a wheelchair for a long time. And I would take her down the hall of this little elementary school. And I would say, okay, Lord, let's see what we can do. And she's in there, and I would run as fast as I can, and I would shove her and see how far that thing would take her. And I'd say, Jesus, take the wheel. Lauren learned at an early age that it wasn't about the horizontal. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> quit acting like your mom. All right, so, hey. And so, she was the only one in children's worship. And so we only had about five, eight people at Summit. R.I.P. Ricky. Never mind, Secret Life of Pets. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Kevin Hart. And... This one lady said to Lynette, she said, why don't you just, you, you need to be up here in corporate worship. You need to quit having children's church because it's just you and Lauren. And my wife looked at her and said, let me tell you something. She said, if, if I take Lauren into, into this worship and not have children's worship, then I've just told her that she's not enough. And for over a year, it was just one person. But you know what? When your heart rests on the vertical, you're not deterred by the horizontal. So King David tried to be the man of God to Saul. Saul's trying to kill him. King David says, I said, I'm done. He leaves Israel because Saul, the king, is trying to kill him. He goes over to the Philistines, the enemies of Israel. But Israel had become an enemy of God in the sense because Saul was being tormented by an evil spirit. And so David goes over to the Philistines and he goes over to the king of Achish. The king of the Philistines. And the king of the Philistines, Achish, loves David so much that he says, You know what, David? You're such a good person to me. I'm going to give you a city called Ziklag. And so David and his 600 stud warriors take their wives, their children, and all their goods. And they plant in the city called Ziklag and take it over. Take over the gates of hell. In hell. David had favor. Here it is. And then all of a sudden, the Philistines, they said, we're going to go march against Israel. David said, I'm going to go with you, king. Me and my men. So they left their wives and their children and all their goods, and they go with the king. And so the front part of the army is the Philistines. The back part of the Philistine army is the king of the Philistines, King Achish. And there David is with him. 1 Samuel 29, verse 2. As the Philistine rulers marched with their units of hundreds and thousands, David and his men were marching at the rear with Achish. That's the king. The commanders of the Philistines asked, what about these Hebrews? So in other words, the Philistines turn around and look at the king and say about David and his, and his uh Men and say, they go, what about these Hebrews? We're going into battle. What about them? King or Achish replied, Is this not David who is an officer of Saul, king of Israel? He has already been with me over a year, and from the day he left Saul, I have found what saints in him. But the Philistine commanders were angry with Achish and said, Send the man back that he may return to the place you assigned him. He must not go with us into battle or he will turn against us during the fighting. David will be a, he'll be a traitor. 
How better could he regain his master's favor than by taking the heads of our own men? Isn't this the David they sang uh, about in their dances? Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. So Achish called David and said to him, As surely as the Lord lives, you have been what, saints? And I would be pleased to have you serve with me in the army. From the day you came to me until now, I have found no fault in you. But the rulers don't approve of you. Now turn back and go in peace. Do nothing to displease the Philistine uh, rulers. And King David, verse 8, says, But what have I what, saints? I want to show you today the reason why our relationship, the, the gospel is centered on communion with God not community with man, is because of this. I want to show you that a sub-point today, a sub-point today, that the community is driven by ideation and not revelation. That's good word. The community is driven by what they see. Their perception becomes their, I didn't hear you, their what? Always know this, people are judging you. Sometimes believers what is the judgment? A judgment is I perceive somebody for something and then I treat them accordingly how I perceive them or in accordance to how I perceive them. That's judging. Let me say it again. Judging is I look at somebody, I see them, that they seem to be poor, therefore I treat them like they're poor. That's judging. My actions take on my perception. That's judging. And so what happens is the community will always, always they will always go with ideation over revelation. Achish had a revelation. King David is an honest, true man. I have been with him. But the community who hadn't been with him except on the outside, your community and your school, mark it down. They will turn on you. All you young people in this room, you're like, oh, my best. She's bae. She's bae. Bae will trade you. Prove it, John. You prove it. She my bestie. Pinky promise. What is that? Why not do a big toe promise? Right? I mean, do something more than a pinky promise. Like, you can break that thing easy. Light bulb went off. What I'm trying to say to you is this, is that I'll show you how Bay's going to leave you. You want to know why? Come on, ladies, let's talk. I got a twin sister. I'm half female. That was, come on, Micah, you laugh because you're the only one who understands my humor. I have a twin sister. I mean, from the womb to the tomb. You know what I'm saying? And so what happens is I have watched her relationship with her best friends. Once her best friends got their bae and got their husband and had their children, their relationship changed. Oh, you are still my best friend, but we only talk every two months. Right? Some of you already had some friends that once they got in a relationship, they were, ain't no lie, baby, bye-bye, never mind. <laughs> the community will change. They live off ideation. But we live off Revelation. That is why communion with God will always trump. King David is broken. Let's keep reading. He, he's, he's broken, asked David. But what have, you, what have I done, King asked David. 
What have you found against your servant from the day I have came to, uh, to you until now? Why can't I go and fight against the enemies of the Lord, the king? Achish answered, I know that you have been, a, been as pleasing in my eyes as an angel of God. The community will always listen to the majority and not the one who has the government on his shoulders. Stop relying on your community to carry your weight when only Jesus can carry all governments. His shoulders are big, ours are weak. He neither slumber nor sleeps, but we do. We are weak people, and it's okay. He's strong. We're leaning, as the psalm or the hymn would say, on the everlasting arms, which I was reading today in Scripture about, quote unquote Scripture, the everlasting arms. So look what he says. He says this. He goes, nevertheless, the Philistine commanders have said he must not go with us into battle. So David is heartbroken. So I'm telling you, community always lives on ideation and not revelation. If you live by community, you're going to go and do things your community wants to do that you might not want to do. Can I get a witness? Oh, tonight we're going to go to this movie. And you're like, I don't want to go to that movie. you got to check in your spirit. You go, you're sitting in your school and your community's like, come on, let's make fun of this kid. Let's do this. Let's go over here. Let's make fun of this. Listen, stand with God. Do not stand with man. Stand with God, and maybe somebody else will come with you. You want to know why? It's all throughout the Bible. Secret agent, listen, the quota for wimpy Christians have been filled. We don't need any more secret agents. We don't need any more wimpy Christians, because when the real Christians stand up, even the ones who are in the closet come out. They do. You read it in Scripture. All of a sudden, the ones, all they were looking for, one person to stand up. All it took was a David to face Goliath, and then it was game on. They need somebody to stand up. So then all of a sudden, community lives by ideation, not revelation. It's whatever the community wants to do, not what you want to do. Because you see why? Because the community will rule you. They will never serve you. Go ahead. Trust them. You get your heart broke. And then when something happens to you, and they're tired, you on your own, who'll be there with you? Jesus said, I'll never leave you or what? Y'all with me? Eat a donut. Let's go. Here we go. Let me give you another reason. Let me give you another reason. So now David, he's got nowhere to go. He says, well, I guess I'll go back to Ziklag, the little city that the king Achish gave me with all my wives and my children and, and all my goods. And him and his 600 men go to Ziklag, brokenhearted, going, what do we do? So let's go to chapter 30, verse 1. You know where it's going to go from the people Thursday night. David and his men, verse 1, chapter 30. Everybody there? Say amen. Come on with me. Come on, we need to get loose in here today. David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Now the Amalekites, Saul was supposed to kill the Amalekites, but he didn't. Now the Amalekites are causing problems for the people of God. See, when you don't do what God's supposed you to do, it will come back. And had raided the Najib and Ziklag. They attacked Ziklag and burned it. And had taken captive the women and everyone else in it. Both young and old. They killed none of them. But they carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men reached Ziklag. They found it destroyed by fire. 
and their wives and their sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had nothing. Look at this. Or they had no strength left to weep. He goes back to Ziklag. It's plundered and everything. If they, listen, you want to talk about a bad day? You get kicked out of your job. Now you lost everything. Bad day. Communion with God or community with man, which is going to stand in a broken time. Watch. I'm going to show you today that not only where community is driven by ideation, not revelation of Jesus Christ, but I'm going to tell you, community will do this to us. Listen, you ready for your community? Those who know you the best will hurt you the most. Y'all ain't listening. Y'all ain't with me. You talking about my best friend. When you don't want to do what your best friend wants to do, there comes a moment of who's going to be right. And if your best friend is not serving the Lord and is not walking with Jesus Christ, then the horizontal becomes more important than the vertical, and they will not walk with you. But there will be one that's an anchor for your soul that you can stand in the times of trouble. I will show you today that those who know you the best hurt you the most. Is everybody ready? Verse 6. David was greatly just, oh, well, uh, 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 let me just keep re reading this. It's pretty good. Let's go to verse 4. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength to weep. David, and then the Bible makes it known it's personal with David. He, he takes an excerpt of the general and takes it into the specific. Verse 5, David, his two wives, David's two wives had been captured. Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Now his community had turned on him. Those who know you the best hurt you the most. Luke chapter 4, Jesus found the same thing. Found the same thing in Luke 4 when he got preaching and when his, when his ministry started at age 30 and his ministry starts, he goes back to his community after his baptism and all this time in the wilderness. He goes back after his temptation, goes back uh, into the wilderness, I mean, excuse me, back to his hometown of Nazareth. And he opens up the scroll of Isaiah and he begins to read there in, in, in Luke chapter 4, verses 28 through 30. He begins to read and it says in verse 28, all the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built and ordered, this is the beginning of Jesus' ministry, his own people, his own close people where he grew up in order to throw him off the cliff those who know you the best will hurt you the most this will never stand if it's not built on this if you build everything on community you're going to get walked on you build everything on Jesus, you're going to be lifted up. Oh, my spirit's moving because my voice is just being attacked terribly. And somebody wants me to shut up. But you know what? My voice might get chained, but 2 Timothy 2 says the word of God is not chained. So go back there, 1 Samuel chapter 30. It says, verse 6, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit. 
That word bitter in Hebrew is the word marah. Please say marah. It means bitter. It goes all the way back to Exodus 15. I want to show you this word. They were bitter. That means, in Hebrew, it means rebellion. They're like, we're done with you, David. We're going to rebel. Some, I was that way with my parents because my relationship with God was through my mom and dad and not through Jesus Christ, so I didn't have the spirit. So the things I didn't want to do, I did do because I was trying to make my community be my strength and not Jesus Christ. And if you're looking for your parents to be your God, I'm not putting your parents down. I'm just telling you they can't be your Savior. They can't be Jesus. There's only one who can be. People will let you down. It's okay. But God will build you up. I can't be for my children. I will let them down. I, my heart is prone to wander and sin. So here's what happened. So they're bitter. I want you to see this is the same word that's used in the passage in Exodus chapter 15. After they went through the Red Sea and they got to the place where there was nothing. There's no green plush plants. There's no beautiful Nile. There's no big buildings that they had in Egypt. Now they're in the wilderness and there is nothing but this stream of water and it is bitter. It's marah. Today there's just a stream with a stunted, a stunted palm tree. Bitterness will stunt us. Bitterness will take us to a place. If we can't stand the people around us in that bitter, the Bible says a bitter root will grow up in what? Anybody know? Defile many. Read it in Hebrews. Bitter people defile others. But Jesus sets us free. There's only one who can break an addiction. Rehab is great. Do it. Help people get there. Therapy is great. Do it. Get there. But I'm telling you, without the Spirit of God, the words of man can only do so much. Behavior modification can only, until this is changed, emotions, desires, and mind will rule so what happened? Verse 22, then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea and they went into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. So what's the community? When they came to Marah, bitter, there's the word. Now all the people, David's mighty men, 600, they're bitter towards him. They want to stone him. Those who know you the best hurt you the most. The community will let you down. We besties, I don't want to hear it. You will disagree. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. How many times is it said? Three times. Bitter, bitter, bitter. So the people grumbled at Moses, saying, what shall we drink? And then what did Moses do? Instead of trying to argue back, he went to he went to God. He went to communion with God over the vertical of man instead of let's move to another place. Let's seek the one who made the place. Look what here. Gosh, this is so good. I don't have any time. We're running out of time. Y'all give me a little grace. Okay, three people. Okay, good. Rest when you go to Golden Corral. Bring me something. 
Then he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. He threw it into the waters, and the waters became sweet. When you're in the place of bitterness, when you take Jesus, when you take the one, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a Galatians 3.13, when you take the tree, the sacrifice, the cross of Christ, and you put it in a place of bitterness, then all of a sudden the water becomes sweet. Why? Because it's not the water that brings sweetness. It's what's in. It's what's in the water. See, when God changes me and I'm in the bitter water, I don't have to become bitter just because people around me are bitter. Is anybody with me today? Is anybody feeling, I don't care where you're living and who you're living with, if they're bitter, you don't have to be because when you stand with communion with God, when you bring the tree in the water, then all of a sudden the water changes because of the tree. Bitterness can be changed. Think about it. They were in a bubbling society of people, and now they're in the wilderness where they're silent. Birds aren't chirping because there's no trees. There's no animals. There's no hardly any life. Anything that is alive is hiding in a, in a, in a crack or in a crag. It's, there's not, this place was not like Egypt. It was a place of what am I doing here? But in the place of what am I doing here is the one who wants to relate. Sometimes God removes other things so we can see the one thing. There he made for them a statute and regulation, and there he tested them. This is a test. Sometimes the place of bitterness inside the gates of hell is a place of test. And he said, if you will give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on which I have put on the Egyptians. And look what it says. The tree became this. The tree became this. He says, for I, the Lord, am your healer. For I, the Lord, the, the tree became to the water what Jesus is to the soul. Jehovah Rapha, God our healer, it's only Jesus that can heal, it's only Jesus, and so today, quit moving in a herd, people move in groups, we're all built by community, and, and social media, hey, listen, social media makes words, text come across rude when the person's not trying to be rude because it's nothing but cold letters on a phone and so it's easy everybody walks around some people get offended so easy why bait of Satan bait of Satan man listen Satan is trying to destroy the horizontal because he can't destroy them he can't destroy. Listen, he might can destroy those people, but when people are not, when people are not connected to the vertical, when they're not connected to communion with God, they will live by the community of man. But when we live by communion with God, the community of man has no power over us. Because Jesus is my healer, not my friend. My friends cannot do that. But Jesus can heal me. Jesus can heal me. Not my friends. And so we move around in herds. But I want you to know that God didn't call us to move in herds. God called us to move in Him. Acts 17, what does it say? In Him we, in, in, I'm, just, I'm just trying to get there. Acts 17, 28. For in who? In Him we live 
and move and have our being. We don't move by the herds of man. We move by the presence of Christ. It is the blood of Jesus. It is the blood of Jesus that opened this path and doorway, this blood that covers our sins, that allows us to be seen by the Father and full of nothing but grace and mercy coming our way so that we can have his presence because the blood that was shed for us now brings us into his presence. And the communion of God is sweeter than community of man. Quit moving by your herd and start moving in him. Listen, in him, let me just say this, in him we have salvation, Acts 4.12. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which men must be saved. In him we have redemption, Colossians 1.14. In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. In him we have our needs met. You, whatever your need is, whatever relationship need, whatever need, here it is. And my God will meet all your, what saints? Needs. According to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Uh, in him we have rest. Come to me all who are weary in heaven. I'll give you rest. You know, I just love being with my friends. I just love being, they just give me such rest. They give me such rest. Here's the problem is, if they give you such rest, why are you always looking for it? Why you got to go to a place? Well, rest is supposed to be in here, not periphery. See, it's in here. Come to me all. In him we have victory. Right? Uh, Romans 8. Knowing all these things, we're more than conquerors in him who loved us. Right? It's, again, it's through him. It's in him. Right? In him we have purpose. Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ and yet I live. Now I have a Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith. In the Son of God, I love it. Who gave himself for me. In other words, my purpose is in Christ. My purpose is in him. He gives me my purpose. Everything is in him. In him we have our righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. It is in him. And we are not. Stop moving by the herd and start moving by the communion of Christ. They will never get you off the ground. But Jesus will lift you up. In him we are reconciled. Colossians 1, 20. Through him to reconcile himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through the blood shed on the cross. We can never have relationship with man until we have relationship with God. The cross is built on the vertical, and then we get the horizontal. But we put horizontal first. So what's the application? Here's the lamb. We get ready to do. We get ready to do the Lord's supper, and here's what we do. Here's why it's so powerful. Some of you in here are sitting by yourself, and I praise God for you. Listen, Summit. We didn't have enough money to have trays. We didn't. Michael, my lion. Tim, my lion. Heather, my lion. Right. We didn't have no money. When you take in eight hundred dollars a month, and the rent was eight hundred dollars a month. There it is. And then somebody was kind and moved in the Lord to buy some plates and stuff. And so we got some and we bought some. But it all started this way. We believe in the power of the vertical so much that we're called when we take this communion today as our time with the Lord to, to build. As your worship today, say, I'm going to build myself in Christ. Before you say, I'm going to build my relationship, my friends, a marriage, a child, a, 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 my grandchild, or whatever. Before you say, I'm going to build, I can't say, Lynette, we're going to build our marriage on Jesus until I'm ready to build myself on Jesus.
But I want to show you what David did. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. Look what he did. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Those who love, remember the community. Those who love you the best hurt you the most. Some of you here have had something terrible done to you by a family member. Mm-hmm. That will let you down. But he will never leave you. Where was he, John? He was right there with you, multidimensional. God is not bound by dimension. He was right there. Why didn't he reach out and help you? You don't think that God, listen, God said somebody's going to pay for what did to you. Either Jesus will pay for on the cross or that person will burn in hell. Somebody going to pay. Somebody's going to pay, God said. Read the Gospels and be what Jesus went through because what somebody did to you. Jesus, then they're going to pay in hell. And that's heartbreaking for me. Because they don't want that. Verse 6. And each one was bitter rebellion. Rebellion. When horizontal lets you down, you rebel. When my parents don't feel, I don't feel loved, I rebel. I want to get mad. When my friends don't treat me with respect, or your co-worker don't treat you right, you want to rebel. In spirit because of his sons and daughters. What does it say in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6? I want you to see the last sentence. But who? Look at the last sentence. But who? David found his what saints in the Lord he wasn't like the community he was like Jesus when Jesus was in the garden and his community left him every one of his friends left him the three that were falling asleep and then when they came for him everyone scattered prophecy Isaiah 53 all the sheep were scattered they were gone people will desert you in the greatest hour. When you're taking your last breath, it will not be your wife or your children or your money or your accomplishments that mean anything. It will be the hand of Jesus Christ to walk you through the valley of the shadow of death. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. And today we need to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. And how do we do it? One of the holiest actions we can do as a church family communion with God put the tree in your bitterness put the tree in the bitter water around you put the tree in the circumstances around you put the tree in the heartbreak within you put the tree in the place he belongs in your heart strengthen yourself in the Lord and then what do we do strikes through people with evil words. You take up your shield of faith and you say, those evil words, because my struggle is not against flesh and blood, when they mock me and make fun of me and people hurt me, you take your shield, you stand in the name of Jesus, you take your shield and your faith in Jesus because you're looking to Him. You're not looking at the jerk around you. You're looking at Jesus and your eyes are on Him and His flames of fire go before you and consume His foes on every side. Strengthen ourselves in the Lord. So you 
just sitting by yourself, maybe. We don't have any plates. We didn't have that. So what we did when we got plates, we said, look, we don't have enough to pass around. We didn't have deacons. We didn't have elders. We do now, praise God. We didn't have people to pass it around. So what we do at Summit is we practice what they call open communion. I was at a Catholic funeral on Monday, and I had two funerals had to go to this week. And I was there down in West Ashley, big Catholic church, and the priest got up and said, listen, he said, only practicing Catholics can come and take communion because, well, I wouldn't take their communion anyway because I don't believe in transubstantiation, which that the elements change. And so, uh, I, and, and so I, uh, he said, I, and he was kind of apologizing for it. He's like, you know, it's just kind of our tradition. I, I wish we kind of wish we didn't do that or something like that. And, and I was going, you know, there's a lot of people in there that don't know Jesus. There's a lot of people in there. What a great opportunity to give them Christ. Because you see, when you take this bread, what you're doing saying, Jesus, your body is now my body. That's what you're doing. You're recommitting yourself to Christ. It's like, not that you're getting saved over again, but you're recommitting, you're saying, Jesus, your life has now become my life. When you drink this juice that represents his blood, that's why it's red. You're saying, Jesus, your blood, your life is my life. It's a wedding. And you're saying today that Jesus, I am strengthening myself in you and not in man. Come injury or come success. Come money or come failure. Come a high or become a low. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And so we practice open communion, which means you do not have to be a member at Summit. Anybody who's born, the only prerequisite is to be born again. And if you're in this room, I want to tell you something. If you were to die tonight, you know right now, because you have a check in your heart, you know, you know, you know you just don't have peace. I'm going to tell you, if I die right now, if God takes me home right now, I know that I'm saved. You say, John, that's because you're a preacher. I say, no, it's because I follow the Savior. My preaching means nothing. Preaching gets me nowhere with Jesus. I preach because of Jesus. I don't preach to get to Jesus. And you don't, you don't witness and share and serve and give and minister to get to Jesus. You do it because of Jesus in you. You do it because of the Holy Spirit. And you know tonight, some of you right here, you know tonight, you know if you were to die, you, you would question. I don't know. It's because you're trying to will yourself to do right instead of falling on the cross and saying, Jesus, you be my right. you got to believe that you sin. I look to the cross and say, thank God he saved me. It draws me to remember my brokenness. He would not have to die until I see that it was John who put him on the cross. I will never see it is John who can live by the cross. You know, you know, I don't care if you walked an aisle, got baptized. I don't, do you think that, that there's anywhere in Scripture that says that? I'm a member of church. Your community is not your communion. You know it. Know it. And the saints in this room feel it. 
And I want to tell you something. There is a God who loves you and died for you and wants you. But don't wash it away right now in your pride. Don't wash it away. Don't wash. Don't let Satan blind your heart and mind. Today, come to Jesus. Here he is. You don't get saved by this. You get saved by this. Jesus, I'm wrecked. I'm a sinner. Come on and do it. If you're not a believer, call on him. Jesus, I'm wrecked. I'm a, I'm a sinner. Wait, John, i got to close my eyes. No. I'm wrecked. I'm a sinner. I'm wrong. But I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I'm going to make communion with him today. And I believe that he died for my sins. And God, you rose him on the third day. I believe and now I'm going to turn and follow you. I'm not perfect. I'm following the one who is my righteousness, and thereby God gives it to me. It's a gift. It's not something I earn, so it's never something to be taken away. Come on. You know you're in this room. You know you feel it. You feel it. You know God, but you don't love God. Heaven, hell, 18 inches. Quote scripture. You know stories in the Bible, but you don't know the one who wrote them. You don't even hear him speak. Until now, he's calling you. Surrender and say, Save. You're already saved before you speak. And the Bible says, Out of the mouth, the heart speaks. And if you're saved, it's not for you to hide personally. sitting by yourself. I want you to grab somebody. Hey, some people in here that love Jesus, you grab some people. Don't just get with your community. Why don't you bring somebody in because of him? And you get off in the corner, get back in the rows. Somebody take out 1 Corinthians 11. We get ready to read it. And somebody say, this is my body, which was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You eat it. And then all of a sudden somebody, another person, they get the cup. You say, this cup represents a new covenant in my blood. Every time we eat this bread and we drink this cup, we do this in remembrance of you, Jesus, it is you. It is you. And we proclaim your death until you come. And we take it together and we strengthen ourselves in communion. Call upon the Lord. God, I'm putting my stake in the ground. Not moving till you tell me. Somebody grab me. Let's lead them in prayer. Get in groups. Don't be shy. Be free. First Corinthians 11. Let's land it. Here we go. And we're going to do it. Thank you for your patience. First Corinthians 11, 23. For I received from the Lord. Somebody can read this in your group. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, that's the word Eucharist. Uh, a Eucharist theo in Greek. Where we get the word Eucharist? Oh, I took the Eucharist. That means giving thanks.
broken and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this and remember it to me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this is the cup in the new covenant, my blood. Do this whenever you drink it and remember it to me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Past and present collide into that. He didn't drink in the cup of protection so we could be protected. Jewish Savior. Exodus 6. Verse 27. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves for they eat and drink bread or eat, eat of the bread and drink the cup. Take a moment. Take a moment to yourself. Take a moment in your group. Listen, just, just pray. Have somebody lead in the group. I just feel I'm embarrassed to pray in front of people. Oh, I didn't know we were praying to people. I thought we were praying to him. Community is not the people I look at and worship. It is Jesus. Examine yourself. God, I confess. I'll, for example, I'm doing it for you right now. God, I confess my sins. I know that I'm saved by your grace. I know that I'm saved by the blood of Jesus. But God, I got some serious problems because my heart wants to be angry. My heart wants to live in sin. My heart wants to judge. My heart wants to be uh, uh revengeful. My heart is jealous of other churches and the blessings you give other pastors. My heart hurts when people talk about me behind my back. And I want to react. But Jesus didn't react. He said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. So thank you that you put your righteousness on me because I don't deserve it. So God, thank you that you forgive me. And if I've sinned against anyone, tell me so I can go and make it right with them. And if you know somebody right now you're sitting around and that you got something against them, you go to the vertical and say, God, give me the will to go to the horizontal and ask me for forgiveness even though I feel like I've done nothing wrong. Be the man and woman of God. Stand in the Lord. Thank you, God, that you forgive me. So now when I take this, I don't take this on my own righteousness, but on Jesus. I trust him and it draws me to him. Strengthen. I want to strengthen myself in you, Lord. Strengthen me, Lord, so that while I'm in the middle of all the broken people that you've called me to, that I might stand and see the glory of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You're the one who saves me. You're the God of the universe. I am nothing. You are everything. But with you, I can do all things. Come on. That's how you do it. Oh, by the way, thank you, Jesus, in your name. For those who eat the bread, excuse me, eat and drink without restraining the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. This is why many among you will get sick and a number of you fall asleep. I believe that passage. But if you were more discerning with regard to yourselves, you would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be found condemned. So let's come and spend time with the Lord. I'm going to pray. You come, grab bread, grab juice. There's some in the back as well. Get into groups. Somebody, don't worry about the horizontal. Somebody in the group, stand up in the room. Lead them in prayer. Read the scripture. Take the bread. Drink the cup. Pray. Hold hands. Love one another. Strengthen one another. Then we go back to our seats. We sing a song. We're going to pray. See what God does. If you give your life to the Lord, you better get down here and tell somebody. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for these people in this room. 
thank you that the community in here is strong. That's only because the Savior is strong. Our shame, like that old, or like that song, say our sin was great, but Jesus is greater. So, Father, I want to pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would strengthen us. That people come right now, Lord, as they prepare their hearts and get the bread, get the juice. And if they prayed to receive Christ, they'd come and just tell somebody. Lord, if we've sinned against anyone, help us to go make it right. Call them right afterwards. Go to them now. Do whatever. Lord, if it weren't for Jesus, where would we be? Thank you. Please forgive us for our sins. We worship you. We love you. This is an act of worship. We examine ourselves, Lord, and we realize we are all in need of grace. But grace is greater than all our sin. Thank you for Jesus. We come to you now, Lord. We come because we love you. We come because you made a way in Jesus. And we worship you in Jesus' name. Will you come and take some time and pray with your group and take the elements of the Lord?